Welcome back to String and Slang with Stonebreaker Archery. Good morning, everybody. So, we're going to be talking about target panic today. What is target panic? Well, a lot of people call it a lot of different things. Um, If you've been shooting archery for a while, you're going to have heard the term target panic. If you've been hunting, you're going to know it as buck fever. So today I want to talk to you guys about ways that you can go about beating this. And essentially, you're just going to make yourself a better shot. So, let's talk about the physical reaction that happens with target fever before we move on to anything to try to fix it. So, in the mind, what's going on is it's a lack of confidence. You start to worry. You panic. Like, oh my god, I've got to hit this mark that's two inches around from 20 yards or whatever distance it may be. So you're really, you're just, you're at a lack of confidence at this point. What happens physically is your heart rate comes up. You start to get the shakes. Uh, We tend to make the wrong decision when target panic sets in and we'll draw and hold at a full draw way longer than we should be. So you get the shakes, you start moving around, you're trying to account for every little thing. So, and then we'll wind up blowing a shot because we're just so worried about hitting a target. And this happens to people. I've shot with people that are fully adept and can absolutely hit a target the size of a a cereal box at 50 to 60 yards with a traditional bow. But we put them in a competitive setting and they draw this bow and they completely blow a shot at 10 yards. I've I've seen it happen. I've done it myself. Um, So it's it's natural it is natural um so we'll get into some of the things that we're going to do to uh to fix that and help us improve as archers so the first thing that I want to talk to you guys about in getting this fixed is we're going to attack it from the lack of confidence angle first so many of us we go out and we we pick a range and we just start slinging arrows. So I do this with everybody that I teach to shoot. I have done it with Dylan. I have done it with Dan. I have done it with Sky. These are guys that shoot with me regularly and I like to I like to force this exercise even for myself, when I go to, when we go and we, we just, we target shoot at our local range, I will take a target and put the target at five yards. Now, why am I putting a target at five yards? My arrows don't even have time to correct. It's a confidence thing. So, basically, here's the exercise that I want you to go through. 
and this is going to help improve your confidence. And as I put it, um, when I'm teaching these guys, is you, your mind is a computer. You have to program your computer. Now, what does that mean? What that means is, is when you're shooting in an instinctive style, like myself, you guys have heard my theory on instinctive. Um, it just means that I've shot enough that my mind knows what to do with my body position better than I do, so I don't have to consciously think about it. So, I want you to put your target. I want you to start basically about three yards from your target. And you shoot. And you're going to shoot at that target until you can group all your arrows within the size of a coffee cup, basically. And once they all group inside that coffee cup, you step back, go to say five yards, and then you shoot again. And you shoot until you can put all of your arrows that you're shooting inside that coffee cup size grouping again. And then you move back again. And you repeat the same process. And I repeat that process, I'll repeat that process all the way out to about 30 yards. Now, some of you may be questioning the method of why are you starting so close. Well, it's a confidence booster. When you sink all those arrows into your target and you hit that coffee cup size group and you step back and you shoot again and you start getting them back into that coffee cup again, you're doing two things. Number one, you're building your confidence at that distance. You know, without a doubt, you can keep a coffee cup size grouping at such and such a yard. Number two, what that's doing is it's programming your computer. Your mind is learning how to position your body and put those arrows in that coffee cup size group where you want it at given distance. Now, understand this this is something that, that works for my style of instinctive archery. And it it works for me. It's worked for some of the guys that I shoot with. Um, not everybody shoots in my style. Dylan probably is the closest to absolutely mimicking my style. However, he is slightly different from me. And he's, he's starting to pick his own path as well. But this exercise has worked. It's known to work. Uh, Alois, Alois had me do Dixie cup drills, which is where I took a Dixie cup and literally put it on my target and did the same exact process. And I, I, at the time I was only trading for 10 to 20 yards, but I shot and 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 I programmed the computer in my head. So it will put those on target for me. So, 
do that and you'll you'll see a pretty dramatic increase and it happens usually pretty quick so you can put your stuff on on target now the next thing that I want to talk to you guys about in defeating this now we're going to get really into the the physical side of this so as many of you already know I'm military about to be former military there's this thing that we do in the military called a stress shoot now I've modified it a little bit to work for what I need you guys to do for archery or what I need to do for archery sorry I I don't need you guys to do anything I've modified it to work for archery so it's pretty simple you're out your target panic sets in and it's just thump 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 my heart is going so here's what we do you get out there you get in front of your target and you can even do this with with the uh, the the Dixie cup drills like I was just talking I want you to do 25 jumping jacks get your heart rate up get I mean just get it thumping do what you got to do whether it's squats it's push-ups jumping jacks I don't care what it is get your heart rate up then you're gonna lean over you're gonna pick up your bow and your arrow and as quickly as possible you're gonna get three arrows off into your target now here's the question oh my god what is this guy talking about is he trying me to get get me to do exercises at the range well you're already at the range and you're doing exercises anyways whether you believe it or not so get your heart rate up get your bow your arrow focus on your target and let the arrow go now the more you do this what's going to happen is is you're going to figure out both how to shoot your bow with an elevated heart rate and amount of adrenaline coursing through your veins so that getting used to having adrenaline in your blood system and that elevated heart rate and shooting that's going to help you beat your target panic that's going to help you overcome the physical reaction that comes with your target panic or your buck fever however you want to call it so another exercise that I have been known to engage in is no look shooting what is no look shooting well there's many ways that you can go about doing no look shooting there's probably a thousand methods out there one you're in a dark room with only a candle lit at your target and your object is is to draw aim and shoot and basically blow out the candle with your arrow you can do that uh, one of the things that I like to do with my specific style of anchor since I shoot a floating style anchor my anchors in my shoulders where I touch my face or anything else that's just a touch point 
that's not an anchor for me. It's just a place that I touch for reference. So what I do is I will actually draw, get my anchor in my shoulders, and I will take my face off the string, turn around, and look behind me, and let my arrow go and see where it hits the target. You can also do this by drawing, getting your anchor at your face, at your chin, however it is that you anchor, and simply aiming at your target, close your eyes, and let the arrow go. I train for my floating anchor. I do a lot of exercises simply for my floating anchor. It's just what works for me. It works in my method. So give, give no-look shooting a shot. So let's talk about target panic and how it affected me personally. So I'm at my last shoot with the uh, TJBD and uh, they have this target out. It's a, a mountain goat and if you guys have never been in Bavaria, it's a very mountainous region in Germany. There's lots of just big rock outcroppings and it's just solid granite. So they have this mountain goat target set up and it's literally in front of a granite wall it's if you miss this target you're gonna slam your arrow into this granite wall and you'll probably never see it again because it it's in pieces at the bottom of it so we get up on this target and we were shooting with this gentleman that he was just he was mortified of losing an arrow things can get expensive over in germany uh, a common price tag on a run-of-the-mill just decent built arrow over there is about 10 euros an arrow so that's oh american prices you're looking at uh a, currently about 11 dollars no more uh 12 dollars an arrow I believe on current prices here, it's expensive. So he draws back, he shoots, complete miss the target, bam, slams his arrow into the into the wall. It falls down. I got up, and my heart starts pounding, thump, 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 thump. It's just going to work on me. So I let down, took a breath, stepped back, hit my, my meditation point real quick and said, all right, Jesse, don't worry about this. If you break this arrow, it does not matter. I know a guy that knows how to make them talking about myself. So I get up, I draw all of a sudden my heart rate is lower. My blood pressure is lower. I'm feeling good and relaxed and I draw back I let the arrow fly and I'll be danged if I wasn't the only one that hit the mark prior to that in many other tournaments I have had target panic and it's it it's horrendous it's a horrible feeling 
learning how to beat your target panic will one help you enjoy the sport more number two once you start defeating your own target panic you're gonna help others defeat theirs because as traditional archers we're a very very unique group and when I say we're a unique group nowhere else have I ever seen a a group of business people that will advertise for others take take my channel my 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 facebook site take my my podcast channel that's on right now i don't plug myself a lot in this what i'm actually plugging is i'm plugging others who i believe are doing wonderful things that's what makes us unique it's not it's not about you it's not about them and at the same time it's completely about you and it's completely about them so we enter into these competitions and honest to god your only true competitor is yourself. You compete against yourself. You're trying to do better than what you did on the last one. Some guys go in and they're simply determined to do better than the person next to them. Well, that doesn't work. You need to walk in with the attitude of, I'm only competing against myself. I'm going to shoot the best that I can possibly shoot today. That will help relieve a lot of the target panic. And our uniqueness in our group is, is if you're shooting and you really view it as you're only shooting against yourself. You see someone else suffering from target panic, you're going to walk over. Hey man, chill, take a breath, relax. It doesn't really matter. Once that arrow's off the string... That's it. There's no change in it. There's no sense in worrying about it. So, that's what makes us unique as a group. Now, another thing that you can do in beating your target panic is... it. it this is going to be a tough one, guys. And I don't know if you can handle it. You have to shoot. Dramatic pause. You have to shoot. That is it. You have to get out, you have to practice, you have to shoot. You have to shoot until you are just absolutely confident that you can make a shot. Now, you should practice, specifically, this, this is geared for the hunters. It, I suppose it could be geared for, for uh, oh, my 3D shooters and my field shooters as well. You have to practice like you hunt, like you shoot in the competition. And what that means is, is if you're a hunter and you're going up in a tree stand, you should be practicing your shots from that elevated position so you can program that computer in your mind, hey, this is what the shot looks like. Your, your mind is going to have uh, 
visual cognition of what you're doing. But your mind, you're not going to consciously think about it. Your mind is going to push you in the right direction. And the, the same for target archers. Um, you know, depending on what what you're doing, you know, you may be the field archer where you just have to stand with your one leg on each side of the line. Or you may be doing 3D that would require you to take some shots from your knees, take a shot from uh, standing, leaning back, uh, just through a small window. You know, there's shots that you have to practice to be proficient at them. And yet again, back to the hunters. This was my first year hunting out of a blind. I never hunted from a blind before. I saw a lot of game. So when I bought the blind, Dylan and I raced right home. We set the blind up in the back lawn, threw a couple of chairs in there, and we sat on, uh, I think it was actually only one chair we had, and the other one was sitting on a bucket. Put the screens up, and we started practicing our shots from the blind. How do we have to set this up? You know, it it's good, good practice one way or the other. To either, well, it's just good practice. You have to shoot how you're going to compete, whether you're hunting or you're actually competing in a tournament. So another small subject that I'm going to tack on here is some regular maintenance. Gearing towards our beginning archers, uh, a lot of us, we get a bow uh, because we're interested in traditional archery, but we really don't know what we're getting into. Fortunately enough, bows, you're, you're on the traditional side, we're, we're pretty simple on our maintenance. So let me start from the way back beginnings of bows, if you're hunting with a primitive bow, we'll say a, a solid one-piece wooden bow, things you have to do in regular maintenance. Now, this is saying that you're using a, a B50 or equivalent string. I won't get into the natural material strings, but things you're going to have to do regularly. You're going to have to oil your bow. You should oil your bow. You should oil it at least once every two months, whether you shoot it or not. At least every two months, whether you shoot it or not. Why? Depending on your environment. Um, so for me, up here in the Northeast... During the summer months, there's a lot of humidity. During the winter months, it dries right out. So, you have to oil your bow to basically preserve the moisture content in the bow. Either keeping out the excess moisture for me in the summer, or keeping in the moisture that's in there, preventing my bow from drying out in the dry months in the winter. 
Now let's hop up to a uh, fiberglass bow. Well, fiberglass laminates, fortunately, they really are pretty maintenance-free outside of you have to wax the string. If you shoot, wax the string. There's a thousand people out there who have a thousand different combinations of some formula that they use for waxing their string. It just so happens um, the way I was taught was mixing a little bit of canola oil and a heavy amount of beeswax just to soften it up a little bit. Uh, well, that that's my formula and it works and I wax my bowstrings regularly with it. Now, what I'm saying, you need to wax your bowstring. There's some areas that people tend to overlook. They tend to overlook the loop ends. So, I will physically, when I wax my bowstring, I take the bowstring off, and I make sure that I'm waxing my bow end loops. Now, if you have string silencers on that same uh, bowstring, I wax right up to my string silencers and then I'll string it up, recheck my brace height, make sure I didn't change anything. And I look at my string silencers, make sure they're clean. One product that I use on uh, most of my, oh, mad made material string silencers, uh, I use Camp Dry. It's a... Uh, it's basically, it's a silicone spray. I, I spray down my string silencers, whether it's an acrylic string silencer, a wool string silencer. I like to get something in there to help it stay a little bit more waterproof and shed water and weight. As far as the bow itself, you should wipe the bow down. Um, I hate it when my bows collect dust. So take them down, get them off the rack. Wipe them down. Uh, I currently use lemon oil. Lemon oil just helps keep the dust off. You, there's yet again, there, there's a thousand products out there you can use. Now, if you're into a, a takedown, uh, specifically like a three piece, you need to be checking your alignment of your your limbs I not a very common problem but I have seen it where the the thumb screws will basically back out a little bit in shooting and you'll start noticing you'll be like man why why is my group opening up well one of your limb bolts is loose and your limbs flopping around so check those check them every time you shoot check them every time you string the bow make sure they're in there good and secure now, basically, you're done with bow maintenance. So let's talk about arrow maintenance. Well, if you shoot carbon arrows, um, if you don't know what this is, hop online, look it up, do the flex test. Flex test your arrows regularly, please. I, I have seen enough pictures where an arrow broke and went through someone's hand. It, it's horrible. I, I hate the sight of that. Do your flex test. Make sure your arrow's good. Uh, you should go back. You should check your fletchings where your fletchings are glued down. Make sure all your fletchings are, are glued down good. Um, 
yet again there there's a thousand products out there to to glue down your fletchings uh for me on my carbon arrows i just use super glue if i have a a fletching that pops loose which hasn't really happened on a carbon arrow yet i use just regular old dollar store super glue you can use the the three dollar bottle of loctite super glue another thing that i do on my arrows <coughs> is where my my fletchings come down and they meet the shaft i whip my fletchings down now what that is is i take a string and i wrap it around the very forward part of the fletchings with my bows I'd like my arrows to pass as close to my hand as possible. On my bow, Kansas, quite legitimately, the arrows pass directly over my knuckle. And I don't mean directly over, they, they actually ride my hand coming off the bow. I whip those fletchings down. Number one, I don't like being cut by fletchings. It's miserable. So, if you're shooting close to your knuckles and you're having problems getting cut, by all means, um, whip them down and see if it doesn't just change how it feels. Then I move on, uh, checking the knocks, making sure that my knocks are in tight, um, making sure my points are in tight. On a lot of my points, I like to use a, a drop of, uh, oh, basic Loctite material, all it's going to do is it's just going to lock the threads up and keep the, the point from backing out. Now, let's talk natural material arrows. The worst thing you can do for a natural material arrow is store it vertically or in a quiver. Now, your arrows are a natural material um, they're going to warp, they're going to move, they have a life of their own, it's what they do. To store your natural material arrows, what I recommend is find a shelf, lay them all out horizontally on that shelf, and that's how you store your arrows, that's what I recommend. I do not store all of my arrows that way, yes I have arrows that I leave in a quiver, um, I'm also very adept at straightening my wooden arrows, so if they do pick up a slight warp, I bend them right back and get them back straight. And with the wood shafts, you should be checking for, you do a basic bend test, check for splinters rising up, you know, check for huge gouges in your arrows. Arrow maintenance is just as important as bow maintenance. So, another thing with the, the natural material arrows is, is after shooting for a while, your arrow goes in and you yank it out of the target. It goes in, you yank it out of the target again. You should be checking for that finish towards the tip of that arrow. Make sure that it, it's not wearing completely off. If it is, again thousand materials out there that you can do it with 
Me personally, what I do for my arrows is I, I will get them brand new in any part of the shaft that I think is going to bury into the target. I rub beeswax on it. It's a lubricant. It's going to help me pull the arrow out. I lubricate the arrows just for the ease of extraction. Now, I'm not coating the whole shaft. I personally, I shoot about a 27 and a half inch arrow, so I will coat the first approximate 10 inches of that arrow with beeswax. Leave me enough where I can grip it with an arrow gripper or my hand and remove my arrow from the target. So that's a, a great thing to do with your natural material shafts, and it will also help seal them and keep them from gaining moisture, relieving moisture. It'll help stabilize them. So if I do get an arrow that's bent relatively significant, and I don't think I can straighten it just by my regular hand straightening method, uh, I will burnish it. Now what's burnishing? So you take something hard and smooth. In my case, it's usually uh, oh a leftover canning jar. And I will lay the arrow down on a flat surface, move it so the high hump is off of the flat surface. I want to see air under the arrow. And I'll start rubbing it in a, a lateral motion to the arrow. So I'm going up and down the length of this arrow. And lifting slightly on the tail end, what that's doing is it's compressing those fibers on that outside of that bend and compressing those fibers, it will push it back straight. Yet again, there's a thousand videos on YouTube out there that you can go watch on burnishing your arrows. Uh, some people burnish their arrows before they even assemble them and create a, a fully functioning arrow. So, it's a good practice, like I said, uh, if you're just getting into a natural material arrow, there's some maintenance for you, things you should be looking at. Now, uh, I think I've just about beat up my time for this show, so let's talk a really quick review. So... As you guys know, I, I I dig the future of traditional archery, and I like picking some people out that you know I I really think are doing a great job and are helping promote the future of archery. So I'm going to take a second. I'm going to talk to you about a bowyer by the name of Dave Huff. Dave Huff is in Ohio. Uh, his specific business is song dog archery now if you haven't looked at him before by all means hop on go look at song dog archery he offers a a really good bow at a very very reasonable price i won't get into prices um that that's not my thing on this show however i'll i'll tell you it's very reasonably priced so not too long ago my friend sky he was uh he was looking for a bow and uh 
So I started, I, I hit my Facebook group, started looking around, seeing who was making bows. And, you know, I didn't want something that was over the top price because, you know, Sky, he's just starting out in this and don't know if he's really going to get into it all that much. Well, as it turns out, Sky absolutely loves it. And uh, we we shoot regularly. So I find a picture of one of Dave Huff's bows and I send it to this guy and I'm like, Hey, you know, that this guy, it's a good looking bow and a, a, a very reasonable price. I was like, you know, maybe you should talk to him. So Sky gets a hold of Dave, um, make some arrangements and Dave sent out this beautiful bow that has been named the Boba. Because Sky just loves Boba Fett. So this thing shows up. It's curly maple and waterfall babinga. Absolutely just stunning bow to look at. So we go to the range and start shooting this thing. We're slinging ash arrows out of this thing. The bow shoots beautifully nice smooth draw it's about a uh oh god i want to say it's a 56 inch bow so it it's a relatively short long bow it's a reflex deflex and man it just it shoots smooth it's good looking the grip didn't necessarily fit my hand but i'm also a smaller person than sky so uh me personally, I, I require a smaller grip at, uh, at five foot six. I, I'm just, I'm not a huge person. I like smaller grips, but it, it fits sky good. Um, so no problems there. Now what truly impressed me with song dog and, and Dave Huff is sky liked his bow enough. He went back to Dave and ordered one for his wife. Sky had shot traditional archery before and kind of knew what he was looking for, but got out of it and just hadn't gone back to it in a while. Now, his wife has never shot traditional archery before. So, I he goes back to Dave and says, I, I need another bow. I need it about... 35 pounds for my wife um she's she's new and i just i don't want to kill her with a heavyweight bow so dave sets to his press again and cranks out a, another bow and it was actually a, a really short wait it was a few weeks if i recall he cranks out this bow and sends it off to sky it shows up at Sky's house. And Dave had said, since your wife is a new shooter, string slap hurts. And he made her a custom arm guard and threw it in for free. He threw it in for free. And, and this arm guard, I mean, it's beautiful. Dave did a wonderful job tooling this. So absolutely amazed me that Dave would just put it in there and send it off for free 
because it it really it stunned me. It was a beautiful done arm guard, beautiful little bow. It, and by the way, I I got a chance to pick up and and play with his wife's bow that was manufactured for a somewhat smaller person. That grip fit me phenomenally. That small grip, it was just it was amazing. It it fit me beautifully. And I'm almost jealous that Sky's wife has has the bow because it really fit well. So, if you guys haven't checked out Song Dog Archery, if you haven't checked out Dave Huff at all, please hop on Facebook, go check them out. Absolutely worth your time. Go check them out. So, I'm going to get into my sponsors before I wrap up today. Sponsor number one of the day, you guessed it, it's Song Dog Archery. Uh, I can't talk much more on Dave because, honestly, what he's doing out there, it, he's, honestly, he's already speaking for himself. So, check out Song Dog Archery. Please uh, let Dave know that Stonebreaker Archery sent you and that you listened to the show and you heard his plug. That That's all I could ask from that. Now, uh, another sponsor that I want to talk about out there is Zed Archery. Z-E-D Archery. So, a little while back, I saw these uh, solid bamboo shafts pop up. Guy was selling them out of Indonesia. And, uh, you know, I, I was, admittedly so, I was kind of concerned. You know, I not really comfortable with purchasing materials from the internet from another country um i i had contacted zed and told him I, you know i'm interested in your shafts um and he came back and said this is your price and you know i i want you to uh oh it the banner of payment that he was looking for was uh bank wire a wire transfer as it turned out my bank doesn't allow overseas wire transfers so i went back to zed and i said uh, i'm sorry this isn't going to work out uh if this had been through paypal it would work out and i'll i'll be danged if zed didn't turn right around and come right back to me and say you know what okay i will set up a paypal account if we can make this happen all right he set up the paypal account next day I paid for my shafts. Um, he was an incredibly fast shipper. My arrow shafts were sitting in the States five days from the time that I paid for them. It was absolutely outstanding. Now, they did spend a little while in customs, and it was about a month before I got my shafts. But these things showed up. I ordered five dozen of them, and across five dozen arrows, all of them were within I want to say 20 grains across five dozen arrows it it was pretty amazing and they grouped together in these large groups uh, it was just it was beautiful I cannot knock the craftsmanship of these arrows if you follow me on Facebook you'll see some of my arrow tests with them if you're looking into ordering some of these solid bamboo shafts and you don't mind to wait a little bit for the customs in the U.S., 
get a hold of Zed Archery. Uh, he's doing a great thing. Uh, he is honest to deal with. So get out there, get looking around, see what you can find. So we're wrapping up today's show. I covered two topics, uh, how to beat your target panic and uh, some regular maintenance for your bow and your arrows. I would like to take this chance to thank all of you, my listeners. Um, I think it's great. You keep coming back and listening. And, uh, well, keep your bowstrings waxed, and I'll see you next time.